Warning, Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Oh, death. Oh, death. Oh, Welcome, everybody, to Supernatural The Crossroads. I am your host, Thomas Cowley, and joined with me today is Michael Flores and has finally returned. I'm back. Oh, my God. And he starts off like that. I had to yell. He had to deep throat it hard. Oh, my God. Your microphone is so loud. He had to get in there. I had to let everybody know that I was present. I'm alive, well, not dead. With an earth shattering eardrum screech he was gone for like a month yeah. because of winter break he missed one show and now he suddenly forgot how to speak on a mic no i'm good i'm speaking fine you man. know i was gonna like hype it up like hey we've missed you now no. i don't now I'm why upset. would i have you be my hype man <laughs> that's just see can now, i just be my own hype now man? he's back so this is what we can expect again so i'm already angry there we go perfect <laughs> this should be good i'm sure our listeners are when their ears are, are now still bleeding. bleeding yeah hey look guys i make a lot of things bleed <laughs> Oh my god. Is that a compliment in some reality? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> what? That might be the worst thing I've That's ever, worst thing I've ever said. I was oh going to take no, a drink of no, water no, after no, that. Shut up. <laughs> just... We're good God. We are here to talk about not that, but season thirteen, episode eleven, breakdown, which was possibly as this just as Ryan's joke just showed, possibly one of the darkest episodes in Supernatural's 13 years on the air. And it's for a great number of reasons. I don't know about you guys specifically, but the amount of just uncomfortable that I felt watching this episode, the the tone of this episode was the biggest thing, not just the obvious gory content, not just the ramifications of loved ones getting abducted, not just the standard supernatural monster stuff, but just just every single aspect, the greater implications this episode has for the world of supernatural, the darkness of just the human nature in this episode and where our characters are at. Primarily Sam. It already but, got but it, it also gross. isn't being exploitive. It's no, there. It's there ultimately no. to serve as a somber reminder that everything's not OK. Right. And that's why it worked so well at this point in the season. Right. And it's it's created a larger conversation, not only just because of the tone of this episode, but Sam's entire personality in this episode and his mm-hmm. ending statement has created a bit of a conversation amongst fandom about could Supernatural be nearing its own end? Could we be getting to that point? We've talked about it for years now at length about whether or not the show would end it so many, like 13 seasons, 14, would it have another five in it? 
And there's just something about this episode that made it feel like for the first time, we really might be approaching the end of the line that we might be wrapping it up at some point. But we've also had this conversation probably two years ago, at least twice for the past four years on every season. Absolutely. We've, we've talked about it before, even if they're not trying to like foreshadow an ending, Mm -hmm. it still does the trick. The way Sam is talking, the way he's acting, the way he's reacting and the ending, it it served its purpose. Whether the show's ending or not, look what it's doing. It's getting us to talk. It's getting us to discuss this. Is the end really there finally? And the closer we get and as the seasons go by, I think that fear is there even more? Because we all say, well, how many realistically, how many more years can they go? So as the years go by, the more stress I think it puts on a lot of the fandom that it's coming. Yeah, the anxiety mounts as the seasons go on. It just happens like that. And we've seen a little bit of this come into light in their characters. We had the first half of the season. Dean is struggling because of the death of everyone he's cared about because of the loss of his mother and a complete loss of hope. He had nothing going on. He did not care in the slightest anymore. And he's kind of come out of that with Return of Castiel and the knowledge that their mom is still alive. Strangely enough, in some ways, though, Sam is now the one who seems to be struggling during the second half moving forward. And I think a lot of that, and we'll get into it here, has to do with the fact that Jack, their you know key item in this, and somebody he personally related to for a number of reasons, is now lost to them. And it seems like to me that he had a lot more faith and hope with residing within Jack. Yeah. And now that's gone and he's starting to lose faith himself that it yeah. never works out perfectly. Yeah. It and works especially good. the events of wayward sisters with Kaya. It, it, it's having an effect on him and it's kind of, it's a nice mix of where he's at as a person. I think at this time, I've seen some discussion about that, which we'll get into about him being a leader at the end of season 12 and things kind of seeming to have shifted gears. But I think it's not changing the tone of who he could be in that role, but how, again, as we said with Dean, how one relates to grief and how that affects us. So we'll get into that a little bit later on the show. As always, we got some news first, but unfortunately we don't have a whole lot of news on what we all really want to hear. And that is, an update on whether or not there's going to be a season 14 for supernatural. Now we still don't also have news on the wayward sisters backdoor pilot. I think it's a little early to call that, you know, numbers still need to come in. I don't know what happened there, (laughs) but we also know that supernatural has kind of been in the same holding pattern for a number of years. As far as Mark Pedowitz is concerned in that as long as the show is still doing well, And as long as the boys want to remain a part of the show, the show will continue. Well, and that's the thing. I think we, we say this every single time, like, Oh, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. And then that's the, that's their stock saying is like, Oh, well, if the boys want to keep doing it, we'll keep doing it. And it's like, okay, we hear that every single year. Like, is it going to happen or not? We do hear that every year. It's kind of become, like I said, the holding pattern that they've had, but we know that Pedowitz has been a fan of Supernatural as a whole for his time at the CW. And we know that Supernatural would have its 300th episode in season 14. But it is a little concerning because we haven't heard anything yet. And it's midway through the season. Sometimes that's that's a little early to be like, oh, it's not going to yeah. get a renewal. We're, we're what? Two episodes? Uh, we're two you know, episodes yeah. in on the second half. We're really not even halfway through the season. Yeah. I think I think it's 23 or 24. 
episodes. 23, I thought. So we're right at the halfway point. We, we, and won't, again, we won't find out until probably four or like, five more episodes. I feel like from a content standpoint, there's way too much going on for them to be able to wrap it all up in season 13. Right. So the question to me, though, is will 14 be the end? Nah. I, I, I want to kind of know what you guys think. Do you think that they might be wrapping it up in a nah. year or two? I think as long as the, the boys are willing to do another season, I think I we're going to get another season. Oh, yeah, we're going to see them. We're going to see them. <laughs> we're going to see them into, you know, like gray haired canes action, dude. They're going to be like, oh, my God, we got to kill these vampires again. He's got a cane and he's hobbling in that. Yeah, that was well, that was that was Sam. Dean still looks oh, the same way, even though he's one eating burgers. And <laughs> yeah, shit. Dean still looks the same. You know, uh, Jared just hasn't aged as well. So he's going to be the Aww. one. He's going to be one that came. What? Come on, guys. So mean. Wait, you come, know it's true. Like it's true. Come on, you guys. You know it's you true. Know, this is all something we're agreeing on. You know it's true. Jensen has aged much better well, than Jared. Okay, yes, of course. But so, yeah, not, that's but, what's going to happen. But Jared looks fine. He looks good for his age. His abs aren't aging. Damn. We haven't seen his abs since like. The last oh, time I he can took see shirt the off. imprint through oh, his yeah, shirt. Oh, can you? Yeah. Can you see the imprint in his pants, too? <laughs> the VDO, the visible dick outline? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. The fact that you know that I'm makes all, me I'm laugh. all about VDO. There's like an entire porn genre. Just the that outlines of penises? A great yeah. amount of time on? Um, no, I just know about it. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mike, who always he researches things, he, he just on, knows about it. He was on RedTube and he accidentally clicked thing and oh, he, just, he ended up watching 17 videos later. He was like, <laughs> oh, man. By nature, I'm you're curious. By, you're curious. curious by nature. By curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start a petition for you. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we, d- we know that, again, this has been the statement that they've had for years now. I think that as I, you know. He doesn't have any Batman. <laughs> the chat room. <laughs> I think that it's going to be too oh, much content <laughs> to wrap it up. Hold on. What, biceps, for God's sakes. It's an audio program, you asshole. In the chat room, they said, I want to see Ryan's abs. And then he shows his biceps. It's I know. the same thing. He doesn't even know That's, body parts. <laughs> this is this is my thigh, right? Right here. God damn it, man. Anyway, I don't think there's going to be any way they can wrap up all the stuff going on no, in this season. It has, they have to season go to another 13. season, Thomas. I think they're going to at least 14. I could see 15 being the end. There, look, I'm going to I'm I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say they are not ending anytime soon and here's why. These guys are having too much fun doing this show. Every time you see anything behind the scenes, it's always them having a good time. I truly don't think that this is ending for three or four more seasons. And you know, we, I, I, I know I just said it, but we keep getting that stock. Well, if the, if the brothers, we really should stop asking. Like we really should. And, and, and to be completely honest, you know, until they say, Hey, it's ending, that's when we're going to get our fine. Like, I just think that they have too much going on. They have, they, the ratings are, are still good. I don't see it stopping. Jared and Jensen would be out of their minds for stopping this show. Yeah. Like there's, there's no reason. It's an easy paycheck. It's a very easy paycheck, a paycheck that never stops, especially with the conventions yeah. and the shows. And I'm sure they're getting, they got to be getting paid something for the spinoff if it gets picked up. Yeah. I like would producer think. credit. Yeah. Something like that. I just don't see an ending, man. I, I just, I don't. And again, I think we should, honestly, as fans, I think I said this last time we had this conversation, we should stop asking and just enjoy it yep. as it's going. Jesus. Absolutely. There goes speculation. Whoa. Negative no, but I'm just saying. Jesus, no wonder nobody remembers. Quit asking. No, ma- no, but, honestly, no wonder nobody remembers him. When the article is the same. <laughs> what if Pedowitz did that? <laughs> well, 
well, all of you ass and go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Dude, I would love Pedowitz even more if he did that. Be like, hey, so um, I know you guys keep asking about the episodes and how many seasons we're going to, you know what? Go fuck yourself. And uh, we're just going to keep doing the show. And when we fucking stop it, we, stop, we may just stop in the middle of season 17. Fuck you. That's what it should be. That'd be amazing. I'm just saying the annual article that says the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's a little humorous. I see a lot of blogs sharing it, and I just laugh because it's the ex- it's verbatim. You could share the one from three years ago, and you get the same answer. It's literally yep. the exact same comment. Yeah. Almost word for word. Word for word. I bet we can word find it. Word for word? Whatever. <laughs> I forgot how to talk. But I bet if we could find it, it is identical. Yeah. Like, there's no joke. You could overlay it. Yeah. So with that, I, we should just enjoy what, what we have while we yeah, have it. Absolutely. You know? Uh, now, Mike, we got a little bit of email. Well, hold on a sec. Did we talk to Ryan at all about his thoughts on the wayward sisters? You guys sisters? didn't want to talk to me. That's fine. Because we uh, we had said last show that uh, we were going to let Ryan. You want to give him a few minutes after this? <laughs> well, why not? I, I, mean, I, be, there's, I, I won't be back. There's not a lot of news right now regarding wayward sisters. No, a I'm lot, just like going to give Ryan shit because he's been. All right. So I'm going to. If you guys are watching. I guess there'll be no setup. Yeah, don't set. Jesus you don't need to set Christ. me up. You don't need to set me up. This I don't. Need, do I need set up? If you just if you're just now tuning in, it sounds like the show just started last week. <laughs> I just knocked and the mic stand See, over. and this is why I was. <laughs> we need a, we say, need to rein it in. Come on. Okay. <laughs> what did you think about the backdoor pilot? We know you're not exactly the biggest Claire fan, honestly. And why Claire, did you have to set it up like that, Thomas? Just, hey, I will be because I will be professional here. Yeah, I I trust him enough to be professional. Yes, which um, is risky. I I really liked I really liked what they did with Jody Mills. I really liked what they did with Donna. Um, I really actually really really liked what they did with Kaya. I liked everything about it. I, I like what they did with uh, Patience. I like yes. what they did with. Uh, well, patience, else. with patience, it was like, and you're it was the one a trolling up. him now. Yeah, thanks for trolling me while I'm, I'm trying, trying to be, be fucking <laughs> not a dickhead here. It's like, it's like the Austin Powers movie where <laughs> Dr. Evil's like, you could stay. You could stay. <laughs> I will say they went a different route with patience, throwing her into the fire right off the bat than I thought they would. I thought they would kind of ease her into that lifestyle of uh, being a hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the thing that I I really had a hard time focusing on, and it was Claire, um, and I wouldn't say I overly hated her. I, she was definitely okay. better in this than she was in anything else we've seen her in. Um, the 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 opening scene threw me off a little bit. It's like, whoa, she's you know zero to a hundred miles an hour in you know after, the hunter lifestyle. Yeah, and I was like, okay, that's a little weird. Um, but I think the show absolutely has potential, and I think if they do it the right way and make it about you know, have it be literally Jody Mills leading them into battle or, or I would be okay with being it. the professor X to their yes, school of X-Men. If, yes. That is the best way to describe it, Thomas. I was 100% I'd be on board with that. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm excited to see where they go with it. I think the whole, you know, Claire being the leader is a little weird for me, but if, if they go about it the right way and, and, and give her some type of character progression, don't just, you know, like I said, zero to a hundred, I I would be okay with it. Um, you sound you're you're echoing uh, you're echoing what the fan, a lot of the fandom is like. Mm-hmm. You actually aren't alone in that in your thoughts. I just think that I think patience is going to be really cool. After she shot that one monster, like you could see in her eyes, like whoa, like 
Okay. You got the taste for, yeah. for murder. Uh, for yeah. blood. I mean, who doesn't when you shotgun someone point blank? Like, I just, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, Did you but, go, was your vacation to an island where you hunted another person? <laughs> yeah, it was, well, I, I basically was real life PUBG. So yeah, I was just blowing people away with shotguns. No, it was, I liked it. I, I I'll tell you this. Let me, let me, if, if it was 10,000% better than bloodlines, let's just say that. Okay. So what about Lou Ferrigno? Does Lou um, Ferrigno think it's a thousand times better than bloodlines? You or? know, um, Lou, is he a wayward sisters fan? I saw Lou this past week, and actually, I sent you guys a picture. And he I, I, he, did, he, I bet you he is Lou here. Uh, Lou can be here if the camera gets. Let's turned go up. ahead yeah. and bring him in. The yeah. camera's here. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me yeah, go. The to... camera has to disappear because okay. Lou has to slide in All behind right. me. Go ahead. It's a slide in where? <laughs> Don't worry about it, Thomas. Lou Ferrigno here. Now you guys know that I love, love, love bloodlines, and he turns the camera back on. What a piece of shit! Oh, he did it. <laughs> I can. You can see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to tell you guys that. Is it true, uh, Lou Ferrigno, that you wanted Eileen to be part of the Wayward Sisters as well? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're fucking terrible. Why is that terrible? Uh, I just want to let you know, guys. Thomas, don't Representation matters, Tom. Bloodlines, bloodlines is out. I'm all about wayward sisters now. Look at look at Lou. Wow, he's had a change of heart. Yeah, is he going to create new shirts for the yes, new show? But those are going to be forty seven fifty. <laughs> I thought that's what they were before. No, it's no, thirty seven fifty. They went yeah. up ten dollars because oh. it's all about women now. Okay, all right. See, Lou's on, Lou's on board. Tom. His thoughts does not fall on deaf ears at all. <laughs> His own ears. <laughs> well, I'm glad he came all the way from where were you? Uh, wait, I'm not, why are you asking me? Lou's gone. He I'm, I'm glad he came into the studio with you today just oh. to share his love for the new show. Right, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> My God. His <laughs> terrible. His voice is just so majestic. It just, he, yeah, it's, it's deafening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, that uh, was, that might be one of the funniest jokes you've told in a while. That was, I'm crying. Right. I was oh god. He says that every show. You notice that? Yeah. That's the funniest that was one. The best. Now, is there so much pressure for me to like perform, to perform better perform than the last time? It's, it's like, like when the, I have the, sex. Yeah, it's, it's just like sex. It's like, oh, this one it's, was good. I'm like, oh shit. Oh shit. Next time I got to I've be raised better. the bar. I have to try again. I have to go at least four inches now. <laughs> All right. We, you know now, what? It just yeah. Let's let's move on. Yeah, we should. Now, one of the things we talked about in that episode though was the special effects with the practical right mixed with some CGI at the very end of the episode. And we actually got in touch with, uh, well, we did it. They got in touch with us. They got in touch with us. Yeah. You want to share that? Well, we had debated last show whether or not so-and-so I'm not, I forget her name now. Apologize. Did the visual effects, the special makeup effects of the candidates. Is that, I think that's they're still still currently called that. Yeah. So Barons was listening in and he sent an email to the actual makeup guy and he pointed him to our show. And now apparently he's going to be binge watching or binge listening to all of our shows. And he introduced himself via email uh, as Ben Carruth. I want to say perhaps it's pronounced Carruth. Yeah, I'm going to read you the email because it's it will help clarify a few things that we said last week. Okay. And it's pretty informative. And I think you're going to be pretty excited about some of the stuff as well, Thomas. He says, hello, my name is Ben, a special makeup effects coordinator for um, Supernatural. Bob Barons, that's his professional name. 
Bob. Oh, Bob. I'm assuming that's what the right. that's what the uh, subordinates call him. Bob, <laughs> Mr. Bob Barons. Uh, Bob Barons pointed me to your podcast on the Wayward Sisters episode. Though now I have to binge go through all this here. Uh, he says you are correct that Leanne Podven was one of the onset artists responsible for the final implementation of the creature. Uh, and he says it's it's non-canon name to be determined. Mm-hmm. He's all, but there were oh. many people involved in doing the makeup on set and many more in their design, sculpting, and creation. There's an interesting story in how we got from the initial concept to the corpse and the garage. I've checked in with the powers that be, and he is clear to discuss, he says, with us and our listeners. So we're scheduling an interview with him shortly. He also says, P.S., as a side note, in the podcast, you mentioned the Banshee. When Mark, Adam, Grant, and I chat about how we're going to approach an episode, we often reference the Banshee no shit. as an example of what we can accomplish in collaboration. Uh, while the VX works was fantastic, as their work is consistently, he says many elements of the creature were actually created practically. Ooh. So... It looks like the majority of that Banshee scene from a couple years ago wasn't even full on CGI, which, which I. That blows my mind. Yeah. Which might explain why it felt so much creepier looking at it because it was a blend. Yeah. And then he has a breakdown here. So the Banshee itself was played by Atlin Mitchell. She was filmed in full prosthetics makeup and wardrobe on a green screen stage suspended above the floor in a wire harness. Jesus. The VFX took those elements, augmented them eyes, the incredible hair, and work them into the respective scenes. Even the glow from her mouth had a practical element. She was wearing a mouth guard custom rigged by our lighting department with a high output LED that VFX augmented. Dude, that is so rad. And this is the type of shit we're going to hear when we get oh, on man. the show. I might I'm have like a technical now. boner and I never get those. Dude, I was so stoked when he sent me an email because I was like, this is the shit I've been wanting to hear about. Yeah. Well, we, we, when we saw that shot, we were all just like, how the fuck did they yeah. do that? Because it was so good. Yeah. Now we get a, like an idea of what they did. And I think we had kind of figured there was mostly CG for them to tell us that there was a lot of practical. Yeah. That's pretty fucking Well, that's cool. the reason why it looks so good because yeah. I mean, everybody, this is something we talk about in all of our shows, Thomas. Yeah. On the network, we talk about, uh, you know, the beauty of using all facets of, of visual effects, thing. whether yeah. it be prosthetics, you know, practical effects or, or CGI itself. So finding that bit of information out just it makes me love the shot even that much more. The Banshee shot. And then, of course, the one in question from last week, the Wayward Sisters pilot. I'm hoping they start doing a lot more stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it just looks yeah. amazing. And I'm sure it's not cheap, you know, especially no. when you're doing stuff like the Banshee itself. Yeah, that, you can that tell has that so it's many good shots. Yeah. yeah, But I mean, how long have we talked about that now? For two years? And it's gone down as one of the best effects they've done in the recent... In a, How long? Yeah. It, We're still talking about that episode. Yeah. So, we will look forward to talking to him. I know it's going to be a complete nerd out, especially over on Mike's end. <laughs> and even Ryan might pop a, a technical boner. I, I might, dude. That, I lo- well, I love practical effects, so like... For us to hear about them making props and practical effects and things like that, like that gets me excited because I love props. Like I, I've always yeah, you have a, a shit, yeah, ton. I have a shit ton of them. So it's it's really neat for me to to hear about that. So no, I'm excited for that. I think it's be cool. In the chat room, just so people know, because they're saying more more interviews, and we have an open line of communication with various individuals on the set, and they're all for it. But it's the scheduling. Yeah, it's hard. These guys are working just ridiculous hours. Yeah. 
So they commit, you know, the obviously various individuals are listening to our show, but that's e- that's an easy thing to do. You can listen when you're driving, you know, when you're whacking it, when you're taking a shit, when you're taking a shower. <laughs> you're listening you're, to us I while do you're all at the same time. It? Why not? What if they liked Ryan's voice, they especially his Lou Ferrigno voice? Sultry voice. Yeah. yeah. His deafening voice. My deafening blow your, <laughs> blow your eardrums out voice. Uh, so another last little bit, guys. We Now that Wayward Sisters has had its official backdoor pilot, do not forget we are going to be doing separate Wayward Sisters edition episodes of this same very show, Supernatural at Crossroads. You can get access to that heading on over to patreon.com slash Digital, where you have additional full-on episodes like this, additional video cast episodes at the $10 tier, which we have... You know, first episode analysis, the exact same show going all the way back to season one. One of the most recent ones we did was the continuation of the season six missed opportunities and mishaps where we focused on just Eve this time. That was Mike and I going off in a lore, a, a lore whack fest. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's appropriate. Oh, yikes. And now that's, that's out now. That's out today. Yeah. And now with the $15 tier, we actually have live studio cameras in here. Anytime we are doing a show that we can push live to Facebook, we do so. And you guys get access to that page to watch episodes before they're edited, before anybody else gets to see them. Yeah, I don't know about that. In addition to all the other content. (laughs) Yes, you will see Ryan making horrifying faces at the camera. That's all part of the charm, right? Yeah, I mean, and with that, he makes a horrifying face at the camera. That depends on what you consider charming. I mean, yeah, it's subjective. Oh, is he really using the figure in this mouth? He's doing the he's, thing. He's, he's doing the sexual oh. uh, fuck me eyes. I, I think my penis actually went inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Because he looks sh- right at you as he does that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so. So if you want to see any of that, head on over you know, to. That's, that's quite the quite the salesman topic. <laughs> <laughs> Slash Rain Man Digital. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. <laughs> Apple updates. It's an update, right? Yeah. They're just silly. <laughs> I mean, it, it, when I think updates, I think, hey, this let's have a, now. a stronger platform, a better system. I just spitball. Better performance. Better performance. Give me some more. Give me some more ideas that you think would come with an update. Battery consumption is reduced. Okay. You know, resolution may be on the screen. I don't Three. need to update that. Better content, video uh, quality content. Yes. Actual bokeh effects. I, I, he's such a God douche. damn it. He's such an... In uh, English. He's an autistic douche. Did you- <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name things that nobody knows. Uh, it was a barometer of the atmospheric pressure. <laughs> it was a linchpin for the for the he could be the making promo up for the shit. iPhone Seven. They're turning into a stupid version of uh, Facebook. Meal. I don't need a giant emoji from my mother when I'm asking her if she's coming to town this weekend. Big fucking smile. I don't face. need it. <laughs> <laughs> what teenager is running the Apple board meetings? Tim Cook is not a genius. You know what he's using? He's using his high school daughter to come up with an idea. He's like, hey, honey, come, let's have lunch tonight. You want to come to work? It's bring your daughter to work, Dad. Give me some ideas. What do you guys want? It probably is. Well, we like emojis. He's chewing gum. That's chewing gum. Good idea. Tim Tim Cook needs it. Can, Can we, like, get the death dealer and, like... 
Like, so let's, let's, let's uh, you know what? Let's do a change.org to kill Tim Cook. And Frankenstein back to life, Steve Jobs. Let's dig him up, I sew him together. Get some backing and you that. know his brain's alive still. You know they froze that. Yeah. And, like, we'll just put him in a little machine, and and, and, uh, and it'll get him to start working on Apple products again. Just like Walt Disney, they they froze him, and they're waiting for the Imagine 100 years. Oh, boy. Ouch. A lot of people don't know that. We have we have Walt Disney and Carbonite. Huh? <laughs> that was the ultimate deal we made with George Lucas. And there's Han Solo. We, we got the copyright details on how to make Carbonite. That, they're going to Darth Vader him. We can rebuild him. Yes, that's great. <laughs> Sometimes I go and play with uh, his frozen balls. Oh. It's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. This is Star Wars from the Butter Tank Exclusive. That's operational. That's what gave me the chills back in the day with Empire Strikes Back. Yoda talking about all the spiritual elements of the Force. You know, talking about the forces everywhere. It's in that rock, in that tree. Yeah. It's around you. It's around me. It's in your penis. <laughs> it's in your penis. Use now it. release it. You, oh, <laughs> use it on Jen Asso. <laughs> Execute Order 66 on her Asso. Go into her dark cave. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> your blaster, you will not need. <laughs> What's inside? Whatever you take. Whatever you take. Luke confronts a big old penis. Oh, that's I, we just lost all credibility once again. For more details, and get ready for an excitingly good time. Also, if you've missed our last show, well, you can also find us on your Stitcher app. Search back to take. That is to your favorites. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL30 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL30. That's D-E-A-L-30 at adamandeve.com. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. It's got a wealth of information, whether it's new monsters, giant spoilers, giant gorilla, King Kong-like beasts, universe-hopping right. villains. Thank you for specifying that, because it's not gorilla, it's gorilla. Because otherwise we'd have a bunch of people wielding you know, machetes and And, and fighting from guns. the bushes. Yeah, we just want to make <laughs> Attacking sure. Attacking our supply lines. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they do. What if that was the monster? That's what they do, they attack trains yeah. and shit. Gorillas. <laughs> Gur. Yeah, specify. What if when Dad was pitching this, he said, "Hey guys, we should have like a giant gorilla," and Adam for v, you know VFX Adam's like, "Okay, so you want a gorilla?" And he worked on this elaborate VFX 
army. Yeah, and this whole time he thought it was gorillas. I'm like, no, Adam. King Kong, not Gor- Argentina. Gorilla. Gore. <laughs> you just wasted five fucking months. How much money would that cost? I, I made like five giant gorillas. <laughs> but again, ballsy, because... If I was reading this on paper, if, if this script would have leaked... Are you out of your fucking mind? Do you want yeah. to do what? <laughs> hey, Adam! I want you to make a fucking gorilla. What? Uh, Dad, I thought we weren't trying to do bloodlines again. <laughs> and now you want me to make a 40-foot a fucking gorilla? Is that in the script? Uh, Barrett, when are you going to take over? <laughs> my point is, is that... Welcome back, everybody. Supernatural at Crossroads. Now it's time to get into the discussion of Season 13, Episode 11, Breakdown. Ryan, do you have a synopsis for well, us? Well, who is this one directed by? No, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You've been gone too long. You get to do it now. All right. So this one was directed by uh, Almond Catarali and Davy Perez. I would call him Eamon. Eamon, Almond. He, whatever. I mean, better than Thomas's. I'm sure. Probably. Yeah. Uh, synopsis. Donna calls on Sam and Dean when her niece is kidnapped by a man who sells human body parts to monsters via online auction. We call that like, what is that? Body part bay? Is that what we're calling? <laughs> Jeez. The Anyways. panic just set in right there. I, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> now, Thomas, Ryan's a mess this show for some reason, dude. Yeah, He's excited to be back. Yep. Now, this one has been written by Davey Perez, who has quickly grown to be one of our favorite writers on the show. Nothing personal to anybody else. Just the stuff that he's done has spoken to us in a number of ways, ways, especially in regards to horror. You know, his very first episode being American Nightmare, which was one of our favorite episodes from season 12 with just the dark tone. He's got fucking style, dude. He's got fucking style. He might have some issues because he's got a lot of his stuff comes from what people do to other people. Yeah, He's got the flair of genre writing and not everybody yeah. has that. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. That's why when you're writing as a team, you bring on writers that have specific specialties. And Davy Jones got stuck. Davy Jones? Davy Jones. Jones's Davey locker. <laughs> Davy Perez. I'm Davey like, where's Perez. the tentacles? <laughs> Best start, be- Best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Swan. Because you're limited one. Wow. Um, Dave, I didn't even have anything to do with that one. I'm done. Just yep, take it. Yep. Anyway, he, <laughs> he he is a genre writer where he has the ability to tap into something that a few others on the show have, and frankly, few other shows have. And, you know, in this episode, some of that absolutely came to life through the execution by uh, Eamon Catterali with the directing in this episode. Some of the cinematography in this episode was fucking phenomenal. There were some pretty awesome shots, dude. But again, one of the things that we always praise or, you know, more accurately, one of the things we always blow on this show. (laughs) Thank you for the perfectly timed gulp, Mike. Is the writing structure and the way in which this episode is written out and what it has to say about human nature, about monsters, the world as a whole, how it works on so many different levels from an emotional standpoint, from different for different members of the same audience. 
how it can speak to you if you're a parent. It can speak to you if you have tradi- traditional fears like that, you know, the car pulls off to the lonely side of the road and somebody gets abducted. That kind of American horror story folklore, whether it's something as heinous and real life as some of the shit that probably happens on the dark web. It speaks to so many different things. Yeah. And it comes to life all in one episode, one forty two, forty three minute sequence. Yeah. Davy's writing structure is all about tonality. I mean, in this episode the, or in this season, the only other one he's done so far has been Tombstone. And while that was kind of the first, mm-hmm. quote, throwaway, a little lighthearted for it him. was a little lighthearted. But with what it means for Jack and the ramifications of that episode of him yeah. inadvertently killing somebody. I mean, that's that's the whole jumping off point for his actions for the rest of the season. But even though it was lighthearted, Thomas, mm-hmm. still go back to to the tonality of the episode. Yeah, there was a specific reason as to why we had that tone. Trying to mask pain in yeah. one way. Right. And then ultimately not being able to escape what we feared the whole time. And I think Davy Perez, what makes him so powerful of a writer on Supernatural is his ability to tap into those fears. You know, setting up ways in which you can execute the right emotion for the audience. And again, this episode has so much more going on to it, I think. Then it then you first see at the surface. If someone's just to ex- explain to you what happens in the episode, the events, you get one interpretation. But to watch it, and especially to watch it as a fan, gives you a completely different mindset, a completely different feeling. And he taps into despair. He taps into hopelessness. He taps into just panic and dread from a parental standpoint. You know, anxiety of just racing against the clock, all these things, so many fears that we ourselves have. And I think, again, season 13 is a great, you know, exploration of how we deal with grief and how humans go through things. You have Dean for the first half of the episode, his very bleak outlook. There's no point. I'm going to just punch this wall until, you know, something better comes along. And then you have other ones where we see Sam hiding it, suffering in different ways, And it kind of came to light finally in this episode when he himself loses what he had hope in, which I think honestly was Jack. Yeah. You know, and getting one of my absolute favorite parts of this episode is that humans are truly the fucked up monster in this, not just the FBI cop, but the priest, the People who were drove past the girl trucker who just drove past, you know, little things like that that show us that we as people are kind of fucked up. One of my favorite episodes is the benders where the humans hunt other people. And that's the entire thing. That's fucked up. And in this episode, it has very much of that same mindset and getting us into that where we think the monsters are a secondary villain here. Well, I think you said it best, Thomas. I think we forget just how fucked up people are. And I think I honestly, personally for me would have made this even more messed up. I mean, I understand the monsters bidding on human parts, but it would have been way more fucked up if it was regular people bidding on them. And I think that would have really even hit me more than monsters bidding on it. But I understand why they went the monsters route. But we, we forget as human beings when we watch this show because typically monsters are the bad guys and we forget that people in, you know, in real life are terrible 
and they're they're just terrible and they do terrible things. And I think this was a good the first half of the episode was a very good indication of hey, this is just how bad people are. Um and I mean, just just the whole episode, dude, gave us kind of an eye opening experience to that, which well, is cool. I agree with both of you. I think it's fantastic when they utilize actual humans to I love it dude. delve into sadistic behavior yep. and explore the human condition and what it says. But all of that, taking all of that, what you guys discussed, it, it's there to be used as a vehicle to help the audience to get into the appropriate mind state so yep. that we can feel exactly how sam feels and that's the beautiful thing yeah that's the beautiful thing about davy perez's writing it's it's multi-layered emotions that's his narrative writing structure and he's using whatever he needs to use to help push us into the area that we need to be so that we as an audience can connect to it i mean the fact that it worked so well when i'm watching this and i was the second the guy brings up a laptop and wants to show them what's happening, I immediately went down that own dark tunnel in my head because I knew what was going to come up. And once the camera turned on, I knew what was going to happen. And I got this chill sent through my body, just just disturbed, sickened. And for the first time, I think, ever that I've watched Supernatural, I I pushed the I stepped away from the laptop. I like pushed it away. I was like, Holy fuck, when the guy just goes at him with a saw and I it, it was just even Not thinking just, about it, that kept me up later, dude. Like a, a straight up bone saw, up. dude. He was yeah. like and dude. just the Ugh. fact that the writing got me so into that that I was not in the office at that time. I was not at the location. I was not somebody watching Supernatural. I was in that diner watching that laptop and it was fucked up. And I both hate Davy Prez for that moment in my life, and I am praising him because holy shit, did it work? They're debating in the chat room whether or not we thought the cop was a, a monster or a human. I well, he's a he's human. human. Yeah, he's a human. did we sound human. like we? No, no, we, I one hundred percent believe he was human. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, right. the, I just no want to, is absolutely a human. He's the worst part. Him yeah. and the yeah. what they call the harvester. I just want to clarify that because I thought that's what we were saying. But no, no, no. no, no. I, I wanted so I wanted the people buying to be human. The, uh, okay. I, I understood that he oh, was that, a human. Okay. That's where the what confusion I, came Yeah, from. what I wanted was I wanted the people who were actually bidding on the on them to be human, not in, monsters. In some way, that was almost true. Yeah, as he says later, the monsters could be your neighbor, the monster no, could point. be the person you work with, could be your boss, and in a lot of ways, that speaks volumes to the real world. The people that we find out are these horrible serial killers are the ones that we think are the nicest people or the ones that are like, oh, they were really quiet. Like, that's always the neighbor's story that they seemed unassuming, yeah, but like, that they had no idea that anything bad was going on. And the truth of the matter is the monster could be someone next door. I mean, let's be honest, guys. Like, if if you're a if you're a serial killer, OK, and you live next door to a bunch of people. Are you really going to come out front and just start flipping the and be like, you guys fucking suck? <laughs> like, no, you're going to be Mr. Rogers. You're going to walk out with your cardigan on. And, you're and that's why be, I never watched or trusted Mr. Rogers. Well, yeah, he, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I, I, you know, everyone ever always says it. Oh, he was such a nice guy. He always walked his dog. You know, it was like, yeah, it's really dark. And, yeah. and that's the thing is that that sense of dread that I felt. At that moment, the only person in the show that reacted the same way I was feeling was Sam. And I think that's really interesting because 
Dean and even Donna, who I thought would have been more disgusted at that time, which comes into play later in the episode, just are kind of like, wow, this is horrifying. What do we do next? And Sam's the one who's disgusted and closes it down. And that's how I felt. I didn't want to keep watching as it kept showing what was happening to that kid. Yeah, I mean, the fact that his goal was to evoke similar feelings as our heroes on screen. And that is why you look at Davey's writing and it's it always does just that every single time. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not always going to be the same reasons. You know, Sam's looking away from it as I am, too. I was disturbed by that. I wanted to shut the laptop as well. But the fact of the matter is whether or not you felt the same way exactly, the exact reasons, you can still feel the same emotions at that time. And that's writing for your characters. That's that is immersion right there. And again, this also comes to kudos to the directing in this episode. Kudos to the acting in this episode because it helped put me there. Every part of it. And it's, oh man, dude, it just it creeps me out. I've never had an episode really fuck with my head like that. Really? It, it got because, you that good? Because one of the biggest things, some of my major fears in like, you know, the things that creep me out. Circumcision? Right. Already <laughs> circumcised. Anyway. That's why you're afraid of it. <laughs> repressed pain. No. <laughs> repressed pain. Death in a movie never really gets to me, but okay. dismemberment is fucking creepy. Like like this somebody circumcision who, is dismemberment, technically. Pretty much. Yeah. No, but somebody losing, goes away. <laughs> right, seriously. <laughs> somebody losing an eye, somebody losing a hand. <laughs> so something like that always creeps me out way more. As well as that when she walked the girl walked into the diner and everyone looks at her, that you're in that little town and everyone's like, You don't yeah. belong here. Fuck every part of this. I've said that repeatedly right. on this show. And it's both of those elements combined into this episode. That's because she wasn't packing, dude. If I was, I'd have been, I'd be, I'd be like, shooting. hey, fuck all you hill jacks. I'm getting some gas. Fuck off. And I go and fucking get my gas. And if they fuck with me, I'd, I'd drop one of those hillbillies right there. They, okay. They weren't all hillbillies. Well, except for the one I chick. I think they were in the Midwest. And you know what, though? Like, I agree, Thomas. There, There is something unsettling about watching a character who, A, is all alone, walk into a diner like that, and everyone stops and turns and looks at them. The and Stepford it's a different vibe. Like, feel. Yes, and it's a different vibe because, like, let me use another example, like Terminator 2. Arnold walks into the bar, and everyone stops and looks at him. Granted, he's fucking stark naked, but it's, you know, it's Arnold. He's like a 6'3", yeah. ripped dude, and everyone stops. No one's and there, like, it's initially different. to give him harm. They're like, this what is, the fuck? This is different. She walks in, and everyone's looking at her like... You know, kind of like predatory. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it more unsettling. And I think not only that, but the dude behind the counter, the, the, oh, the, yeah, guy, the vampire guy, the vampire guy, that guy was a shit bag and terrible. First terrible of all, person. yeah. First of all, if anybody ever would have said anything like that to me while I'm going to get gas, I would have slammed his head off the desk. Like that's just, yeah. But also, I, I mean, I, I'm, just in saying that's, I'm in a different position, right? But it was just, uh, now, the whole thing's unsettling, and it worked immensely yeah. well. Now, again, the fact that Sam was the only one to really react like that, and Donna and Dean did not, spoke volumes to me, which came into play later. And it's it, it was kind of done, I think, ultimately for Wayward Sisters, the fact that Donna and Doug's relationship has come to a close. I think that yeah. was done so that she has a more of a reason to leave the life she had and become a part of the Wayward Sisters. I don't need any dick anymore. Holding me There's back. There's a long pause there. <laughs> I don't need any dick 
anymore hold me back. <laughs> Peen was holding me back from my wayward sisters. Not, yeah. anymore, not anymore. And now you're moving to Sioux Falls? Yep. There you go. It, I think ultimately it was done for the setup of Absolutely. Wayward Sisters. Yeah. That's pretty obvious. But the way in which David Perez did it worked really well because it showed that the hunter mentality is not fucking normal by any means. And that's I love that they stress that because yes. I think after about 13 years of a TV we show, we become numb. We ourselves become callous and we tend to think it's, you know, Dude, I want a gun and a knife and shoot people in the woods. Right. Okay, wait a minute. Did you just hear what you fucking just said? And also throughout (laughs) the years, we've seen people's reactions to the monsters being real kind of calm. And it doesn't seem realistic. If someone were to tell you, if someone were to tell you that vampires and werewolves are real and you were to see it, you would be shocked. You would be. Your world is broken. Yes. The very aspect of your reality the very definition of what you think reality is has changed so the way they took doug and his not disbelief because it was right in front of him but his reaction to it is the most realistic reaction of the monster world being revealed to you that that i think we've ever ever received on this show and that's why i liked it not only because it was realistic but also the fact that it reminds us that this is not normal. Yeah. It helps us yet again get into the mindset of Sam. And then this is again an example of Davy's writing, the emotional layers that he's adding in there to push us into the right mindset to understand what's going on with Sam. This is not normal. This is not okay. And the fact that we get Doug to basically remind us that this isn't business as usual. There's something wrong with this lifestyle this is not how we should be living well and like donna's coming at him like it'll be fine we'll just go back home and you know we'll have a put on the thong song and we'll you know we'll just have a good time (laughs) thong song what is this circa 1997 apparently donna likes to get down dude i can tell but Thomas, if you know what that is, does he? I know the song. Hey, you know oh, look at him. Who, who sings it, Thomas? I don't know who sings it. Oh, wow. I've just heard it. Anyway, Doug being the catalyst for... Are you playing the... Pull up the what? Five song. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> yes! Oh, my God, yes! This is for you, Davey Perez. <laughs> Brian's dedicating this to you. He's doing the guns right now. You gotta switch cameras. My God, he's doing. He knows every word. He's got a whole dance routine prepared. Man, Ryan's a catch. Wow, the hip movements and everything. Dude, he says it, Mr. B. <laughs> I can't believe he knows this song. He knows every word. He's got a dance routine down. All right. Oh, God. Dude, this was a banger back in the day. That song, the thong, thong, thong. I wanted silver hair because of that song. I want to be black because of the song. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, there were some booties in this video, too. Thomas, you should look it up. Thank you, Ryan, for that. That, right. that should Amazing be Thomas's, routine. Uh karaoke song. That should be, Jesus. I think that needs to be yours. Only you knew pull, every fucking word. Only if he pulls that thong up a bit, though. <laughs> He's got to go high with it, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> 1980s style. Oh. 
Anyway, I think the fact that they used Doug made a great deal of sense because Donna has been hiding it from him this whole time. Yeah. And it, it speaks also it's realistic, not because of Doug, not just because of Doug's reaction to it. Like, you guys are fucking nuts. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to hunt things every day. I don't want to fear for my life every day, even more than a cop already does. But the fact that it hurt their relationship, that he was being lied to by omission, but still a lie as to what Donna does, who, how much she put him in danger, if you really think about yeah. it at that time. John Winchester, say what you will for the guy, but he taught his kids at an early age because he knew it would be the best way to protect them. And whether or not he wanted to, that is love. Donna, in some ways, thought she was doing the right, like the Peter Parker, if I don't tell them, then when they constantly get kidnapped, they'll think it's just random. Like, yeah. it's not a good setup. That's not a good thing. Because now they're completely unprepared for that life, and anything could have happened in this time period, especially with the previous episode being Wayward Sisters, and what could have happened with Donna at that point, you know, so it, it made a lot of sense because there was problems with the relationship in well, some way. L- let's be completely honest. It made a lot of sense because they had to get rid of him so she could be on wayward sisters. It, that's what I'm saying. It, that was the ultimate <laughs> goal from a, you know, show running right. standpoint, but how they did it rather than just well, write him off. Yeah. Like, well, Oh, Doug and I broke he, up. Here's and the that's thing, being though. it. He, he, because th- this is what you need to do when you're writing a TV show. And this is yeah. yet another testament to how the writers continually bring focus back to the boys. When when people complain that they're just simply, you know, window dressing, window dressing. Mm-hmm. But it's not even when it's not directly about them. It is about them. Yeah. This is about them. This is a way that you take a character. Give her an exit point. Yeah. Help us. Remember that this life isn't normal yet again, getting us into that mindset that we need to be that serves as the narrative vehicle so that we can understand where Sam is coming from yet again. That's the genius of the writing staff on Supernatural, despite you know people want to fucking bitch about the narrative decisions and oh the characterization. It doesn't make sense. But when it comes down to it, almost every decision they make is pretty damn genius when it comes to. Sam and Dean every single time. Yeah. And I think even small things about this episode spoke volumes, not just about Sam and Dean, but the state of, as we said, Donna being callous, setting up for a show coming forward. I mean, the fact that Donna, Dean's all saying, bring it twilight and he's ready to go mono mono with this vampire. And Donna out of left field, just fucking kneecaps him in the the knee. She's not fucking around. And she has no, and and it's not contrived. It's, it's not contrived. It completely fits with where she's at at that time. Her niece is missing. Her boyfriend at the time is being turned into a vampire. They are on a clock and she just shoots this guy in the fucking leg, which I loved that scene. Cause again, she's not fucking around. It showed how much of a badass she can be. Yeah. But it also shows that she completely moved past some of the emotional elements and just went into battle mode, yep. which is something hunters do, but it's not normal. And, and there's an emotional drive behind it, that thereby not being contrived. Because a lot of times you get those moments where you want to push someone to in, into this position of they're a badass, they're in control, un, un- they're, they're worthy, awesome. Yeah. This is an emotional drive to where it makes sense. Just like you just said a moment ago, she's on a clock. Her niece is about to be maimed on Live live feed. dark web internet video feed. Sexy. Uh, Doug has you know been turned Possibly. into a vampire. 
I mean, this is go time. And with all of everything we know of of Don at this point, it makes sense for this to happen. Yeah. It works. Yeah. So for that whole bit, I think that's possibly my favorite Donna moment, despite her interrogation with the creepy molester priest. Yeah. Vibe. The shotgun to the knee. Definitely dude, sold it for me. She just, just boom, out of nowhere, blows that dude's kneecap off. Yeah. And I'm just like, uh, whoa. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, for me, this is probably one of the strongest writing decisions that we've received from a Monster of the Week episode and what it means to the show and the individuals. Because we, we get a lot of Monster of the Week episodes that are really solid. We yeah. do. And they find a way to make it mean something to the main myth arc. But emotionally layered writing like this we don't get that all the time in a monster of the week no usually it's just here's a monster here's a new type of enemy yeah and we move past it so it it definitely spoke volumes this episode now (laughs) go ahead (laughs) so guys the rmd premium live video feed access and quarterly gifts tier is now here with that you can see ryan doing his dancing right now we have boosted our quarterly gift here on Patreon with video access. So now not only will you able be able to receive gifts each and every quarter, but you'll get up close and personal, perhaps too personal with Ryan during our live shows and recording sessions. All of this you guys will get when you sign up for the Get Gifted Plus live video access tier on our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash Rainman Digital. And this will include exclusive RMD and Supernatural The Crossroads Gifts. Every quarter, so that's talking about shirts, we've got mugs, we've got all kinds of stuff on the website, and the additional episodes that we produce, both audio and video cast, behind-the-scenes content, and hundreds of hours of bonus material, all for about $15 a month. So again, guys, patreon.com slash Digital. Watch Ryan dance. It's worth the money. Yeah, it's like totally. a strip club. You can just pay him and you see him dance. <laughs> You know every fucking word to these Dude, songs. Look, bro, I'm older than look, you. Bro. Look, look, bro. Look, bro. And then you just undid all that street cred with I'm, look, bro. <laughs> and went to white. <laughs> like, bro, I'm gangster. Look, who's, who's, who's the two most ghetto dudes on this network? Not you. Bobby it's me and, and Bobby. Mike. No way, dude. Not even. Dude, just because you like hip-hop doesn't make it ghetto. Oh, dude. Just because just because you want to be that one cracker. Like, oh, also, wow. like honestly. Oh, don't wow. forget, Brian's been arrested more than anybody else here. Oh, that's good. That's, <laughs> actually, that's David. Oh. Prostitution. Well, he gets off scot-free because they feel sad for him. Yeah. All right. Well, that was for a right vagina. Anyway, guys, before we talk about the Sam situation and the much talked about, which I have a theory I want to I want to run past you guys a little bit at the end of the episode. His last little bits. We got to talk cinematography. This episode was outstanding with the lighting. I am an absolute sucker. Oh yeah, for dark scenes, heavy black shadows, heavy silhouettes, stuff like the assassination of Jesse James. The entire first season mm. of Supernatural. I love it when the room is fucking pitch black, dark because it just with horror especially. It instills so much dread, and I think perhaps the greatest scene for that when it comes to just the darkness was the inter- the interrogation with the creepy priest, and that was before we got to the really dark shit in this episode. I was already disturbed at that point, and again, the way it was 
written and the way the directing and the production design from Jerry Winnick went into this episode was phenomenal. You know, and that goes with, uh, I'm going to, Batista? Yeah. Uh, along with Perry Batista from the art department, all of you did an amazing job with this. I love the little, the one lamp. Are you speaking to them directly now? Yes, right yes. now. Yes, right now. They are listening to us. You don't even Tell know. them to listen to this because I love that Jesus. shot. The fact, <laughs> but dude, come on. That scene with the lamp being dude, the only source of light. Dish. Hey, Robert Barrett, uh, I want you to see this show now to uh, Jerry no, Wedding now. Give also, it to him now. Um, what's your email so I can send you my resume? <laughs> I, <laughs> I just want you to listen to the show and. My name's Thomas Cowley. That's C-O-W-L-E-Y. These are the names um, we can get via IMDb. I don't have you much asshole. writing experience, I, but I've written a few blogs. But I've, 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 oh, I have shit. a Tumblr. Um, I oh, write on God. there frequently. <laughs> I also... Um, I, I don't miss I'm on this, stories. I'm on this show, Supernatural the Crossroads. I'm the lead host. It's a pretty fucking big Robert deal. Robert Who? Who? <laughs> Hey. I thought there was just two guys in there, Ryan yeah. and Mike. Yeah. The, the guy one... that hadn't been there forever. Who was he? Oh, Thomas, right? Hey, uh, Robert, do you remember that show, Supernatural Cross? Oh, yeah. I love those guys, Ryan and, and Mike. They're great. <laughs> There's supposedly like a third guy on that show. No, it doesn't ring any bells. Yeah, never fucking heard of him. Thomas Thomas Crowley? Dude, he's like Bruce Willis in like The Sixth Sense. Like no one sees him <laughs> but us. <laughs> I see Thomases. Oh man! All right, so going off an IMDb page. I don't miss you, Ryan. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> I think my IMDb page has more credits on it than yours. No, I'm talking about that's where we got these names. You dipshit. Oh, who cares about that? All right, bringing it back, Thomas. I agree with you. Jeremy Jerry Wenick's production design is it's fantastic. Like the mid season finale with the alternate Earth, where we see Mary. Oh yes, I mean yes. it's just amazing work. And then this is yet another example of his job being done so well when we get the the backdrop to this murder scene you have to sell it and it's all the little intricate details is what sells much of these emotions that they hope to conjure up and it works by way of imagery i mean and you also brought up the cinematography and you like that interrogation scene and that's that is my favorite shot of the entire episode the religious symbolism with the halo around the priest, dude. I mean, yeah. dude, I jizzed myself when I saw that. I got up, paused, and I'm like, holy shit. I need a tissue. This is the shit I'm looking for in every episode of Supernatural. It was just, dude, it was everything that made us fall in love with Supernatural. Like the first five it really seasons, is. it's not about Kripke necessarily. Yes, we love the writing aspect, but it's everything that makes those episodes so solid. All of it. And this is why this episode stands out, not just because the emotional multi-layered narrative writing done by uh, Davy Perez, not Davy Jones. <laughs> it's everything. It, it, everything worked. It's the synergy behind everyone behind this specific episode. Yeah. The, the, the dual frames when she is interrogating Donna is interrogating the preacher it says so much with the with the symbolic imagery, and that's what I live for when I'm watching TV shows because the imagery of a TV show and a movie is just as important to the story process as the writing itself. It all does its own little job to help tell its own story. Yeah, and, and again, with the production design and some of the art, with the Harvester, that room, his costume – the little Dude. details of the grit and the blood and the weapons on the wall. 
and just the, the, the disturbing nature of that entire scene. It, it's it's well, everything we've wanted from the beginning. It's what made us watch the show in the beginning. His costume was very... It was simple, but it was fucking It was fucking simple, creepy. but it was fucked up. And I think that's what really... And, and I'm glad, and this is the one thing that I really did like, is that they never showed the harvester at as all. a person as yep. a person yep and i think that's that was big for me because like oh yeah you 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 wonder in your head what kind of person could do that right like what kind of what kind of human being could do that to, to another human being and i'm glad that they never showed it because it always le- it leaves your imagination but that, to that like, that's it right there you just said it what kind of human could do that yeah. and by not giving them a human face it shows what they really are, a monster. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know whose decision that was, if it was on the paper, if Davey wrote it that way, or if it was Eamon himself executing it that way. But it was a good call. I agree, Ryan. Yeah. I feel like it created a disconnect. Yep. And it was his own version of a of a human monster. Yep. And well, I, I mean, mean, I mean, I love that part when he first appeared to us when uh donna's niece was uh first woke up he was, and he just does a smiley face yeah uh, a smiley fingers. face with See, his that, fingers dude that, that was, creeped me yes, out that and then he, you know he did the crying like that or when he just yelled just that inhuman yes. yell at her and and let's be and let's be honest and, and i don't we that would be me if it. i was a bad guy i, I know you i, I would know, do exactly yes. that stuff. you're a sociopath i, I know would do you that. i know you played the music earlier but that was something else that was creepy as fuck was the old-timey music and it reminded me um, a lot of like, so you guys have seen Get Out, right? No, oh, yeah, the beginning, I the, 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 be, the beginning of Get Out is what that reminded me of, of like this super creepy, mm-hmm. you know, old, you know, old timey music because played behind of something that is so sinister, and it's the corruption of innocence, and that's a key yes. element to horror as a whole. But it's something that these songs sound so upbeat, and despite the you know realities of some of the history around that time period. We associate it with a simpler, you know, Leave it to Beaver and, you know, the Andy Griffith show. We think of it as a nicer time. So hearing some of that music that we associate with our grandparents and then having it overlaid. It's the same thing that works in Fallout, those commercials. It betrays your emotions. Exactly. And it's it's horrifying. It it plays against expectations. It's the same reason emotional expectations. It, It just it plays against what you expect. It's not. Yeah, you're expecting some kind of like hardcore metal song for him to saw someone's arm off and you got this where you're like hey can i sit windy sue can i pin you at the can i hold your hand yeah, and like can we go steady no i'm gonna bone saw someone to this oh. song like dude it's fucked up man yeah absolutely Ugh. outstanding and will be one of my favorite episodes i think just from that alone yeah. uh wow he's already great we're not dude, even there yet dude it's i'm serious a plus plus <laughs> i'm a lou plus, ferrigno plus, 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 plus. <laughs> this should be the spinoff episode. <laughs> <laughs> the shirts are going to be fifty-seven fifty. <laughs> oh wow! So I love emotional imagery as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I can't hear the oh, real fuck, imagery. He's multiplying. <laughs> come on, I can't come escape. Come on, Thomas, you can join in. Come no. on, Thomas, it's fun. I will die first. <laughs> wow. Anyway, he hates you and Lou Brigno. Well, what's wrong with Lou? I don't. He's. Not into. He's salty. No, I don't like people. He doesn't like people with handicaps, dude. Oh, oh wow! What the hell? No, no, that's Thomas. Yeah, that's Thomas. Yeah. You son of a bitch. No, I was saying like that's yeah. that's savage, but it's true. I think that's what it is. Why you don't you like dicks. handicapped people, Thomas? Because you're mean to me all the time. I'm not handicapped. See, that was the joke, and you didn't no, get it. No, I got it. It was a terrible joke. He's not. I mean, 
I'm pretty smart, actually. We shouldn't use the word handicapped. I just, play, I, I just play a handicapped on the radio. Are you appropriating culture now? Wait, are you implying that being handicapped is an entire culture in itself? I mean, that is a prejudice. <laughs> I don't know if it's either of those things, but fine. Got him. Anyway. Oh, that was amazing. Let's go on to Sam okay. on this episode. Where are we going with him? Wherever he wants to go. Boomtown. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sam's emotional state has been pretty steady throughout most of season 13. He's clearly gone through some loss, as we saw in the psychiatric you know, episode where they sat down and talked out their emotions. But it was kind of just that one time. And since then, he had been kind of Dean's rock. And now we see having lost Jack and therefore the ability in his mind at this time to get their mom back, not having heard from Castiel in a while, knowing that Kaya is dead because of them and trying to get someone else to help them out for that same thing. It has resulted in death. Uh, just to interrupt you momentarily, Thomas, yes. uh, Maddie has come to the rescue in the chat room and says, yes, there can be subcultures for various handicapped people. So, And one- she said, yeah, they're kind of racist at times. As are oh, all well, groups. I, maybe I should take back what I just said. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I can't nah. tell if she's being serious. You, you can't take it back now. she's being like our type of humor. You can't take us ever serious. No, we're not serious at all. I'm Until serious. we're serious. I'm serious right now. I'm seriously serious. <laughs> I'm serious all the time. But no, I, I, yes, with the Sam situation, I personally felt like it worked. There were some people out there on the internet that were a bit baffled by the alleged flip-flopping and going against what we've seen Sam become over the last, what, 15, 16 episodes, kind of falling into the leadership role. However, I don't think this changes anything about what they worked towards last season and even partially this season with this character. If anything, I think it strengthens and continues to build on the mythos of Sam Winchester. He's like, uh, being a human being is complicated. It, it, you, may, you could still be a leader and still long for life and, and feel miserable when you may be accountable or responsible, I should say, for potentially people's deaths. Why do you think great soldiers, you know, commanders of platoons, when they survive, there's that whole survivor's, survivors guilt. Deal, yeah. I mean, because they're the leader. I should have went down with the ship. I should have died. Every death is on them because they are the leader. They should have gotten that person through it. Yeah. And they I just, failed them. I, I think I didn't have a problem, I guess, with Sam, you know, him being, de- I don't want to use the word depressed because I don't just think Just say Kylo was. Ren. Yeah. I mean, he was very moody. It was, it was a very Ren. mood. I think I just had a... A thing with with going from Dean being the one that was all bummed out and everything in the first half of the season or first half of, you know, what we've gotten. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, after the midseason finale and then everything and then boom, we're back two episodes in. And now Sam's the one that's flip flopped. And I think I think it was too quick. I think if we would have seen it over. So was I reading your tweet? on the internet? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I, I didn't hate it. I would like I'm not. I'm just saying, like, I think it just went. It came about too quick. I, I think, think if it would have been a two or three or even three or four episodes. Here's my argument. I think it was several episodes, but it's because we have a break in between and that so it much of Wayward that's, Sisters that's I mean, is was... on the sisters. You don't see it. But the right. events of the that's end possible. of the midseason finale from season 12 through the midseason finale has been a couple of months at most. In that, Dean was completely suicidal and he had to take care of his brother. That was his role at that time. And again, with Sam being kind of a leader at this moment, he's got to see Dean through this. Yeah. At the end of the finale or the midseason finale, 
we have the person he's put so much hope and faith into, Jack. They lose Jack, which therefore means they lost mom again. And this time they don't have a key to open that gate to where she's at. And that's, and what, I, was, and that's what was keeping Sam. That was what's keeping him going. Yeah. But on I, top of that, hold on. On top of that, Dean, his brother, who he's always trusted, pulled a girl, a gun on an innocent girl, mm-hmm. and they got her killed. Exactly. In the very That's next moment. And so he's waking up like, what's the fucking point now? Uh, Thomas, because I'm not I refuting any of this. The, the and point now I'm, I don't. The point I'm trying to make, I think that, that you guys should understand this the most, is that because we had a backdoor pilot, it made it seem like this this transition was like that. For for him to go 180 degrees to the other. Uh, and I think that's that's the problem i get where you're coming from and i and and i'm not saying you're wrong thomas because i think you're right Mm -hmm. i just think by having that backdoor pilot in there and and again i'm not hating on it but i'm saying you feel like the placement feel like the mess with the timing yes and i think that if we would have had one more episode to see him kind of take that downward spiral it wouldn't have been that big of a set because then we would have said okay all these things that you just mentioned happen okay this makes sense i can't disagree and I think that's the biggest thing for me. I, I didn't, I didn't dislike it because I, I went to that place. Okay. What has happened? What has transpired over the last technically four or five episodes? Okay. Fair enough. He should be in a, in a hole. Right. Mm. So, but they threw that backdoor pilot in there. And, and again, it has, it's the only place they could have put it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not. Saying I get that, what you're saying. I think the break itself of two months almost or a month about is what really absolutely. messes that up. Sh- yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't have a problem with it, although I can't disagree with what Ryan's saying. He's yeah. val- he his points are valid. Yeah, no, I, your points are. For, for me, though, I feel like it works. I I think that if you're really keeping an eye on Sam, Sam was morose last episode right. yeah. when he was. I mean, you could tell by his Doesn't face. Doesn't want to eat lizard. Dean was a little <laughs> bit more upbeat, and Sam was not. I feel like they were working ourselves there. And 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 Thomas, you bring up a great point. I mean, Dean pulled a gun out on a young girl. And she winds up dead because of them. Imagine if that was in one episode and it wasn't broken up. I think people would be looking at Dean a little differently. <laughs> yeah, I think they would. You know, I, I, they, they separated it by about what? An episode? Two, two episodes, uh, really. Two episodes. But when you really look at it, it, it is their fault. It's, yeah. They're responsible for her and death. And I think with him being a leader at the end of season 12, he feels like he failed there. Yeah, absolutely. He failed his brother in some ways because he got to a point in which he'd pull a gun on someone and he failed Kaya because their fuck up and insistence on having her help got her killed. And Sam has always been about saving the innocent. It's always affected him very different than it has affected Dean. Uh, So, I mean, to see Sam bothered by the trail of bodies left in their wake, I think is very true to Sam's core identity, even though he has fallen to that leader role. But not taking away from what Ryan said. I, I, yeah, you know, if we had an additional episode to kind of get us there, I guess. Um, but unfortunately, we don't. And I think in the grand scheme of things, I think it works for me. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying, Ryan. And I think that with some of the replacement, it would have, or without a break, it might have stuck better for some people. I mean, I'm used to seeing, I mean, we're used to seeing Sam, you know, the one with more emotion. Right. And I think that's why it didn't really bother me that much. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't like, oh, okay, you know. You weren't hating on it. No, no. absolutely not. Right. I just think, you know, for the people who didn't quite understand it, I think that, that would have that helped. That helped. And that was part yeah. of the problem. You know, but I, we've come over the past five or six years understanding that Sam is the one that's more emotional and always shows, 
you know, his, his him being sad a little bit more. Yeah. So I, I was okay with that. Uh, Demon Batman in the chat room says Ryan Parks in the handicap zone. That's appropriation. And then Maddie says <laughs> they're so confused. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Oh, that's funny. I think that a lot of it too. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I think a lot of it too is because Sam is trying to be a leader and his in his first, you know, run at that, he's already got somebody killed. Before yeah. when it was Sam and Dean for trying to stop the apocalypse, this wasn't even an apocalyptic event. This was selfish. Trying to get their mom back. Yeah. One person. You know, how many lives is that worth? And right now the toll is two. Jack and Kaya, as far as they're concerned. So I, I think another a little bit of timing would have helped it, but I think that all the pieces were there for it to make sense. I'd be doing everything I can to get Mary Winchester back. I mean, she's hot. I was say, for a different reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, please. Now. Please, mama. And we see that kind of manifest. I'm just going to skip right past that. I love you, mama. She showed me her boobies, and I like them, too. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I love you, mama. <laughs> a water boy reference, really? <laughs> You're idiots. Anyway. Yeah, but he's the one laughing. I know. Because <laughs> it's funny. That's why I hate you. <laughs> that movie's great, Thomas. Now, we see that really manifest when he's talking to Donna about Doug leaving that lifestyle. Because at this point, Sam's kind of at his lowest. Where don't drag anybody else into this. Because we did selfishly. And he, I think, feels that Donna trying to get Doug to be a part of this for her relationship with yeah, him right. is selfish as well. Oh, yeah. It will always result, as he says, in bloodshed. You I know? love it. And part and of me. Am I the only one that loved that? I loved it, dude. Pardon me for a split second. And I think it's only because Davy Perez wrote American Nightmare and he was so disturbed, Sam, in the beginning of this episode. Right. Did he have a vision by any chance? Ooh about their end he seemed definitive about how it's going to end for them and with the with davy Perez having written the psychic episode a lot last year for a half second how much jared padalecki sold that line to me i wondered yeah is there more to that than just negative views on life yeah. or is that more sam knows something you know what you could play into that if you really wanted to for years, Thomas, we have said one thing. For years. That the show can only end one. Yeah. And there's the part of us that says, no, we don't want them to die. But then there's the other part of us, the Shakespearean tragic the tragedy, lovers. Yeah. You know, we want them to Thelma and Louise it right off the cliff. Well, I, because I want the them to go out fucking, you know. Butch Cassidy and John Sundance. Woo, John yeah, yeah John Woo. Just mowing down monsters, dude. dude. I, to tell me you don't see them going out, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah, I want to surrounded see them, by monsters, making one joke as they reload their guns, bloody and broken, dude. leaping into the fray. AVP on the top of the pyramid, just blowing aliens. Like, <laughs> like you, no, but like, wait, what? Now? So it, alien versus predator. AV, oh, AVP, oh, oh. like when the predators yeah. are standing and they're just, just, just blowing Shooting down yes, everything. That would be awesome. I it, feel it's like in that way, yeah, it has because to. Because right? the fact of the matter is, if you have them. While I'd be okay with it, if you had them Western style right off into the sunset, the hardcore fans that are most of us are always going to be, they're not done. Their story's not over. There's yeah. no way they don't get involved. And we're going to want to know what happens after. Exactly. They need to end. They it. need to have an, a true end. And, and I then, hate saying that, yeah. but it would work so well. And if they wanted to bring life back to the show, and that's very easy. It's very easy Have to bring him, back. bring him back to life. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> completely redo everything. 
Yeah, X Start over at year one. X-Files it and just hey, ruin, they've come back to life a lot. I'm ruin just your saying. entire mythology by bringing back the show in an event season, you know, and, and, <laughs> and just disregard everything you've written. Why not? <laughs> they just. No, but be, seriously, though, I, like if they were to do it right and we're getting off topic here, right. but if they were to end it that way, they could bring him back in a movie and explain it away and, and make they it could. work. They, they've done it before. Supernatural they could do it again. in hell. Like the entire thing just plays, takes place in hell or in cosmic entity world. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Wherever they end up, right? Jason Voorhees versus Supernatural. Let's just oh, going to do God. a bunch of weird movies. They kill all those <laughs> slasher monsters from the 70s Dude, and 80s. Awesome. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. They want If they want to save money on budget, have it all take place in the big empty. There's, no, there's nothing there's no there. Film. Just the whole movie takes place behind <laughs> black. I mean, problem solved. You're working with like a $5 million budget, if that. Well, I think, you know, what helps lend credence to that idea is what agent terrence said at the end of the at his last scene telling sam which also absolutely added to his misery at that moment is right do you have any idea how many monsters are out there hundreds thousands add a zero add two hundreds of thousands the population of the united states like are you fucking kidding me well the first thing i thought is are they setting something up they could be are they setting this uh something up for the final season is this going to bring back the men of letters is this the catch connection we were waiting for what's happening with this because you don't say something like that for no reason but that, it does put sam in an even bleaker outlook absolutely. which then feeds into do they only go out bloody yeah. because they can never beat those odds right i and mean that's fucking sad i mean to even put this in perspective a bit like the men of letters were taking people out last season and we were led to believe that the monster was under control eliminated. Right. And now we find out that they're everywhere. They've innervated themselves everywhere in society. That's a cool concept. Yeah. Were the men of letters completely wrong with how many they were killing? Yeah. And even if it's there, let's say there isn't no foreshadowing there for se per se. Okay. But yes, you're right, Thomas, what you said a moment ago. It is about Sam and the hopelessness. And yet again, Davey Perez bring in the emotions in the play. It helps add to the hopelessness. So even if it was just to serve as that, I feel like it still works. However, it does give him some some room to to work with for future episodes as well. It gives him room to work with. It makes the entire sit- setting of where they're at right now even more depressing. It f- could foreshadow the end. Ultimately, I mean, it brings into question the mental letters and what was what they were doing any good. Were they really taking out that many monsters? I have a hard time believing I that. I think Catch was too busy boning Mary Bone Winchester. Mary yeah, Winchester. he was pounding, dude. Yeah. In the hotel room with a camera. Whoa. Oh, wow. That sounded like <laughs> something I would say. Yeah, right. He was just abducting shapeshifters and making them turn into Mary oh. Winchester. Like, <laughs> look at this photo. Hey, look at this photo. Change it to this. Transform it to her. And then I want to smell your sack on the ground oh. afterwards. What? The skin sack. No, they're alphas. Oh, they're, oh, they're, they're, they're pure bloods. Oh, pure okay. bloods. Oh, he, 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 he only did pure bloods. There is no sack. Just yeah. pure just, you got Sorry, my bad. What in the Turn into Mary Winchester. And then later, Sheriff... Jody Mills and Donna and then, and, and, then, and then Sam uh, Winchester. I mean, uh, 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 prank caller. 
and then he just shoots the shapeshifter. Like so no own, one knows. It's like his own personal holiday, dude. He it's literally like GTA. You would like pick yeah. up the hooker and have sex, oh, and then shoot God. her afterwards and steal your money back. Wow. Yeah, it was GTA, but only a headshot takes her out permanently. Jesus Christ. Catch was just pew. Oh, Thanks God. for the head. Catch is gangster if he was doing <laughs> oh that. Oh, my God. That's the worst thing I've ever Dude, heard. I'm going to pitch this for a spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> Perf. That'd be amazing. Perf. Supernatural. Oh, my God. Jesus. That's the porn edition. <laughs> hey, Ryan does write that in his spare time, right? I wonder if there's any slash fiction like that. Oh, I'm sure there is. You know, you just there shape, is now. You shapeshift into, like, random, like, people. Ugh. That you wanted to bone for your significant Sam, other. I mean, dude, that all like that always <laughs> reminds me of uh, that X Men where right, right when we're about to finish, once you transform to Dean, oh, uh, yeah. start out as Sam and then transform <laughs> Dean. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that way you're both they're both sucking my dick. Oh yeah, wow. half and half their face. Jesus Christ, what oh, one of those Halloween oh. makeup costumes? Two Face, Sam and Dean. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, okay, we need to stop. We Har- need to- Harvey Dent me now. Oh. <laughs> There's a nickname. Harvey Dent me. All right. I need a white uh, knight. <laughs> all right. All right. Dial- <laughs> Let's get this under control. Good God. <laughs> Harvey Dent me. <laughs> Ryan, I'm going to come to you first. Let's get into final thoughts. What do you uh, give this okay. episode? What did you think? Um, I want to give this. I like how they're telling us to focus. Yeah, I know. It's... I mean, listen, this is the show. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm welcome, trying to get you guys to supernatural do. Stop reading the chat and just go into the next thing. Um, okay, let's see here. Uh, my grade for this one, you know, I'm gonna give this. I want to give this an A. This is a solid A for me. I, I think they went a different route than what we're used to as far as horror. Mm. And I think typically, I, I would say typically the you know, the gory horror where here we like the old school horror. So I right. think this was a little bit different, but I think the way they did it, the shots, like Mike said, some of the, some of the lighting was unbelievable. Um, you mentioned the, um, the costume uh, for the harvester. Uh, the harvester. There was just certain things about this episode that stood out. And um, there was really good story progression with Donna. I think that was one of the things that I really liked. And Donna's grown. I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of her. Like, <laughs> Um, I wasn't. Focus. The, I'm. I, I'm trying. Don't look at Mike. Mike's dying over there. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan when she first was intro- introduced, but I, she's she's grown and grown and grown, and, and I think, you know, she's become a, a, a an integral part. And I, I I think this was a good story progression for her. I mean, obviously, it was the only way to get rid of Doug. Like, right. You know, that was the only way they could have done it. You know, that made sense. Um, the the twist was awesome in the episode. I actually. I actually didn't see that coming, um, but I'm also not very smart. So, uh, <laughs> but I, I really did like this episode. I thought this was a very good, you know, for the lack of a better term, filler episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think the biggest, the, the biggest downside, I guess, was the, 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 the 180 of Sam. And I, and I explained my thought on that. So I don't think I need to, to harp on that anymore. I think that was just my only thing that I kind of was looking at, like, okay, this is weird, but the way you had described it, and I think the way we had covered it, it made sense, you know, mm. that it felt weird. The pieces are there. Yes. You just felt the timing was a yeah. little off. And I think that was the only thing. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just really like this episode. I just think some of the visuals, you know, the 
the whole computer like bidding thing was creepy uh, as shit. Like yeah. I just everything about this kind of gave me an unsettling vibe, and I think that was what really set it over as a, a really cool episode. So uh, a a for me for sure. All right, Mike, what did you think? What's your grade for this one? I give this episode an A plus. Oh, I think it might be the first A plus of the season. I'm not sure. You're the one with the journal, Thomas. Uh, I so think it could, is. I'll I'll check it for you. I feel like this episode did everything absolutely correct from the multi-layered writing to setting things up not just dropping things on us i like the an element we didn't talk about is the the mystery vibe i'm a big genre buff as people know and i love the old mystery films Uh, the idea that we don't know who's responsible but we were introduced to a plethora of faces in that diner thereby letting us know that somebody in that diner was responsible. It felt like everything worked. There was a lot of things going on with this script. Yeah. It's by far Davey's best written script. And maybe it's also has to do with, uh, I believe again, his name is Eamon. I guess we're going with Eamon. Maybe they're a great team up. And we always talk about that writers being teamed with the, with the appropriate director. And I think that's a great duo right there. And I hope to see Eamon and Davey get teamed up again because it just, it created gold is just such a great episode. And it shows you how you can make the monster of the week episodes relevant and, um, and meaningful. And it shows all the naysayers out there that Sam and Dean, aren't necessarily window dressing and that even when an episode isn't directly overtly about them, it is very much about them. Yeah. Everything you're not, this is how you write those types of episodes. Yes. The, the focus may be on Sheriff Donna and her problems and the, the issue with the niece, but it's very much just a vehicle to help us understand and get us to the place we need to be so we understand where Sam's at moving forward for the remainder of the season, or at least the next few episodes or so. So no problems with this episode at all. The cinematography was just stunning, and I only focus on one specific shot, but I can name various others. But that one's the one that really stood out to me. I felt like Mm -hmm. I love frames within frames. I feel like it's very poetic, and it can say a lot of things about the reflection and, you know, introspectives of oneself and whether or not I'm making the right decision, so on and so forth. So perfect, perfect episode. It's probably probably about as perfect as it gets. Uh, you only gave an A-plus out to the second episode, The Rising Sun. I take that back. Let's drop that one down to an A-minus. That, <laughs> retroactive. So, I, so I'm actually telling the truth here. Um, <laughs> no, I uh, this episode, I agree with both you guys. Mike, especially, I think this episode was outstanding it was the darkest episode we've had this season perhaps of all time when i think about it i'm really trying to think of other ones that disturbed me there's only one or two but nothing that creeped me out to this much of a degree the writing and how well it worked with what was going on with the characters what it set up what it spoke about both of human nature of monsters of what we are responsible for of how loss affects us and simultaneously shifting from a completely Dean focused tragedy to now Sam's the one with some issues and how it's affecting him in different yet equally powerful ways. And from a makeup camera or a make makeup camera makeup and costumes with the harvester just being this horrifying non-human entity 
like you and Mike said with the the smile that he drew on his own mask. That was the yeah. first moment that I was legitimately creeped out. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this thing? The shot of the interrogation room and how uncomfortable that whole thing made me showing Donna to be a true badass in a way that made sense to her character, having the darkness element of not just human nature, but the pointlessness of their work in some ways, you know, when they stop the apocalypse, they've saved the earth from the darkness and all kinds of stuff. But it's one of those, will you ever really win this fight? You can win the battle, but will you ever win the whole war? This is the first time I, I thought no. You know, from and for me, this episode had everything I love about Supernatural and has never before creeped me out to this degree. So for me, this is an A+. plus. It's absolutely outstanding. Jeez, so. I'm an asshole. <laughs> You're going to retroactively change yours as well? <laughs> I should, I guess. All right. So. Fuck. You want to touch on the upcoming episode just a little bit here? We can touch on it. I think we need to wrap. We're going to touch it or you want to wrap? Yeah, we're running behind. I know we've gone long. It's we've been all over the map today. Um, The we have I think it's the upcoming episode has a returning guest, right? A recurring guest that's returning now that the the tease that we've heard about. I don't know. I do like teasing. I have no idea. Are you? Oh, Ruth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's not really a tease. I mean she's been all over the internet. Yeah, talking basically, about yeah. That she's coming. I know, out like here. a pseudo tease, a, a modern day one where it's like, hey, you're gonna find out in four episodes. Spoilers. I mean, <laughs> cool. Thanks for keeping that a secret. To us. For the yeah. spoiler, yeah, Ruth. Ruth, Ruth, do you want to tell us the ending of the show as well? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sam and Dean actually die. Oh, I'm just joking, Ruth. I yeah. love you. Can't even say her last name, but you love her. We'd get into it, but we have been running very Kyle? long, guys. What? Wait, what is it? Yeah, not. Right. Is it not going to get into that. Canelli. God damn it. All right, we're going to wrap up here before we say anything that just tanks the show entirely. Thank you guys all for taking the time to listen to us. Yes. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, share the show with your friends, head on over to Patreon slash Rainman Digital, and we will see you all next week. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt. <laughs> <laughs>